You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Bakani at Bilal V87 on Twitter, and I'm here because it turns out now, in Canada, we will not be getting NXT until Friday, so I'll make that part of my SmackDown review. So we're going to be talking about all about AEW Dynamite on TNT in the States and TSN in Canada, and I guess nowhere if you're in the UK for a bit. And quite honestly, AEW Dynamite is a mess on day one. And I'm going to go through chronologically. I don't normally do this, but I want to pick this apart, and I sort of was developing my opinion as I went. So we get the pyro, and I will say the pyro not quite to WWE standards. We have JR, so it feels a lot like we're going back to the Attitude Era. Tony Schiavone on commentary, um, and uh, along with, I'm uh, forgetting the luchador's name, forgive me, but here we go. First match, Sammy Guevara, who apparently claims he's the best ever, so I don't know if he's one of Shane's children. I don't know what's going on with that. Going against Cody, and of course, uh, the Rhodes name not being used because of the history that goes with it with WWE. We got a promo package before, and all I can remember from this package was Cody's looking past me, I'm the best, I'm Sammy, I'm Cody, I've got a lot of things on my mind, but I got no sense of who the hell Sammy Guevara was, where did he come from, and how in the hell is this dude in a match with Cody? I don't know, and why is Cody starting this show? Cody's entrance, especially with his wife Brandy, and the color scheme, it just kind of felt like a Triple H ripoff. We didn't get to the match for 8 or 9 minutes. I kid you not, it's about 8 minutes and 40 seconds on my DVR. Tony Schiavone made way, he made about 5 references to WCW being on TNT. I don't give a crap, Tony. And at one point he's pumping up Sammy's vlog. It's just so obscure. And I know on Raw we were talking about LARPing. But that was done with so much more tongue-in-cheek. I then find out... There's a 20-minute time limit, and if this match goes 20 minutes, it's a draw? What is this, soccer? I was actually quite surprised by that. And again, I've I've checked out AEW, going back to Double or Nothing or All or Nothing. I I watched a bit of that, and it just wasn't for me. So I'm giving this another chance. I'm trying here. The finish of this match is Cody counters a shooting star press into a inside cradle. Never seen that before. Revolutionizing wrestling, aren't you, Cody? That's it. There's a spot earlier in the match where Brandy's a human shield, and I guess she gets a bit more of the impact than you would see in WWE because it's PG-14, not... or it's Yeah, it's 14+, not PG-13. So, domestic violence. Like, I... This is what you open with? And you get to the replay. There's no graphics. There's no slow motion. It just felt bad. Like, the match itself was okay... But I don't know who the Sammy guy, is, Sammy guy is. I don't care. Cody is running this company. I don't want to see him in the first match. Can you imagine if NXT opened with Triple H crushing some guy you never heard of? People would be all over it. And I know the hardcore fans are going to come at me. Apple LV87, bring it on. But this was bad. I'm sorry. These were probably two great individual wrestlers. But as somebody who's not in the AEW scope and was trying to appreciate it as a open-minded wrestling fan who loves wrestling this was not put together well and if i didn't have a podcast i might have bailed after this match the match ends there seems to be a setup for a post interview sammy pushes cody and then shakes his hand i don't know what that was about 
Jericho attacks. Sammy just kind of walks away. He doesn't join in on the attack. Doesn't try to stop the attack. He just doesn't care, which is sort of how I felt about this match. The commentary stops before Jericho hits his codebreaker, and they abruptly go to break. The commentary did not even call the AEW champion hitting his finisher on the prospective number one contender. Like, now nah, we'll just stop talking. Why even be there, JR? After the break, we get more of this attack for I don't know what reason. And all we get after this attack, which, yeah, we didn't need this. Jericho cuts some promo where he says, I'm Chris Jericho and I am the champion. Okay? Don't think we needed that at all. And then we hastily jump right into the next match. Instead of doing that after the commercial break, Jericho could have said he was champion before that. I'm sure the commentary established that. I don't know. We get Brandon Cutler. Again, I don't know this guy. The backstory they give us, because there's no video package now, because it's not Cody. So we here's what we get from commentary. I ah, grew up with the Young Bucks, left wrestling to start a family, and he came back. Okay. MJF comes out, cuts a promo. All I can think is, well, here's EC3. That's the whole gimmick, is just EC3. And what are you doing to differentiate himself? And the problem with MJF is the AEW fanboys, and a lot of them are podcasters too. Let's not get this twisted. I'm, not, I'm actually thinking of podcasters here, not so much the great people listening to me. They're pushing this guy, and he's calling himself, uh, you know, one of, uh, JR called him one of AEW's hottest young talents. And I give you, he's young. There's no way in hell this guy's cutting a better promo than Samoa Joe. I don't think this is better than Kevin Owens. I don't think this is better than Sami Zayn. And I can start to go down the list. This guy's very good. It's great. But he's basically just EC3. Given a chance. That's all this dude is. I don't see anything more than that. You know, he's got a lot of upside. I hope he's great. But there's a lot of hype here. And now that I've seen this, I know it's garbage. The guy's really, really a good talker. Did nothing for me in the ring. Very standard heel work. He won with a sucker punch and an arm lock, despite the fact that Cutler tweaked his knee. He didn't bother to target the knee. If that was Randy Orton, he would have targeted the knee. Or he would have targeted the other knee. He would have been cerebral. And this guy doesn't have that. So, again, MJF, and even his promo is fairly generic. I didn't really hear anything in there I haven't heard before. It was well delivered. He got the mic right away. He cut his music. I give him a lot of credit for that. I think he's very good. But man, oh man, this guy's been overhyped. And this was his chance to back it up. He didn't do it. Good job. Didn't do it. Then we get Chris Van Fleet. Because I guess we're just having anybody do interviews now. I'll probably show up next week on uh, Dynamite and do the interviews. Because Chris Van Fleet is, as far as I can tell, just some YouTube wrestling journalist. Uh, I don't know where my homegirl Alicia Toot was from Canada, who was supposed to be, who was the AW backstage interviewer. She had no part in the show because Tony Schiavone couldn't handle somebody else having the mic. I don't know what's going on there. He was interviewing Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes, and he was trying to kiss up and plug their movie that also featured Jericho because, you know, Jericho's in the main event. He attacked Cody Rhodes in the first match, and we've only had one match since we mentioned him, so let's mention him again because you don't have enough stars. I don't know. Thankfully, he was interrupted by two guys who weren't named... Uh, we find out sort of half-heartedly after it's Jack Evans and Helio Co. I can't even bother to look it up because clearly nobody else cared. Kevin James didn't care. Kevin Smith didn't care. Jason Mewes didn't care. Chris Van Vliet didn't care. 
The commentators barely cared. These guys didn't care to mention their own names. You have a new audience. Tell me who the F you are. And why? There was no... These are just two heels who came out. And, and apparently they haven't won a match. I got that much from it. So a bunch of weirdly dressed losers. And then a private party who were, uh, by the commentators, called the tag team champions. That was factually incorrect. Uh, and are essentially the Street Profits. And I hate to compare these guys to WWE, but we found out right after there's a tag team tournament with multiple teams, one of which has a bye. And you cannot showcase all of them on the same night. And you know NXT is running a match this night with the Street Profits. So do not put the team out that looks like the Street Profits. Put out Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I want to see those guys interacting with Kevin James and Jason Mewes. And they don't have to interrupt. Just have them have a fun, weird moment. That's what I wanted. Not these two no-name dudes, Jack Evans and Helioko, or whatever the world his name is. And then Private Party just kind of shows up and is like, eh, don't attack him. And then the commentators are completely frazzled. They barely get this tournament out. There's a buy because they ran out of teams, although we later found out that the team in the main event is not part of this tournament, which hasn't started because... They're not organized. I can't think of another reason. This tournament hasn't started, and you just added a team that's in your main event. Put them in the damn tournament. SCU, which was, it was not clear what they were about, were making their rounds, whatever that means in Washington. By make their rounds, they did one stand-up in front of the White House. And I mean, in front in front, like hundreds of feet away. Um, this started with a great Barack Obama impersonation and I actually was the most excited I probably was for this entire show. We're going to have these great, this great heel tag team that's going to take some shots at Obama, maybe joke about the Secret Service. This is going to be fun. No, after a couple lines, they broke into their generic heel characters. Talked about how they're California boys, Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, and Scorpio or Scorpion, whatever the hell. His name was never made clear. These guys didn't get a graphic. And essentially, as soon as this short and useless promo, which I, I really, like, I guess they were in Washington anyway, so thank God I didn't put any money towards flying these guys out for this. But whatever money they paid that camera guy for, that was a waste, because they just showed up on stage and basically cut the same heel promo, except in this case, Scorpio was sort of talking about the Freebird rule and how he wasn't going to be part of it, because obviously he wasn't a tag team specialist. Well, duh, I don't even know. I've never even heard of you until now. Of course, Kazarian and Christopher Daniels, who are known commodities and tag teams are going to be in this match. I don't know in what world they wouldn't be. Lucha Bros stumbled out there with, I had assumed there was a tra their translator, I don't know. They sort of fought, but it was broken up way too fast, and then they just kind of hugged each other with security for a while. We come back after a commercial break. There's a weirdly long shot of nothing. Maybe this was specific to the Canadian, some international broadcast. No audio, we're just looking at the crowd. Nothing's happening, nobody cares. They read the attendance out, which is 14,000. Don't make that part of your two-hour TV broadcast. I don't care. We get a quick shot of the two teams that'll be part of the main event backstage. They sort of mic up Jericho, they sort of don't, and even JR uh, sort of jokes about how that wasn't important. We then get Hangman Cage, who I can only describe as a better Cade or Murdoch from their WWE days, basically a cowboy in wrestling form. Taking on the bastard pack, you'll obviously remember as King Neville if you watch WWE or more specifically 205 Live. And this is, of course, a makeup from their double or nothing match. So, I guess triple or nothing. We got a commercial. 
after these guys entered the ring. And this was a problem throughout the night, but I guess this is the one spot where I was angry enough to write it down. We had the match, and then during the match, they said, well, the next break will be pitcher and pitcher if you're watching in the States. Of course, us Canadians, we just got the regular commercials. And I just want to take this opportunity to say there was a lot of damn commercials on this show. And again, NXT is running at the same time with limited commercial interruption. Why run any commercials in your first show? Debut with no commercials and get a sponsor. I, I don't... I don't understand why AEW, just because they're new, would just let WWE swoop that out from under them. That was a huge mistake. Later, um, by the way, Pac won this match. Not really a surprise there. Hangman Page is just hanging out. We also had Dr. Dr. Britt Baker join commentary. And uh, I could only describe her as Chelsea Green if she went to medical school. She was obviously very close to being in this women's title match between Nyla Rose and Riho. I sort of had issues with the commentators describing Riho as having a long career. She's 22. Okay, she's got 13 years of experience. I took karate when I was nine. It doesn't make me a 22-year karate veteran. I get that she's been wrestling all this time, but when she was nine, she was wrestling nine-year-olds. That's not the same thing as she's doing now. So to say she's had a long career is garbage. That's like saying an NHL player's career started when they played, you know, whatever, oh, midget, whatever the term is, hockey. I, I, that angered me. That was bad commentary. And it just, it was just didn't work with who she was and what kind of character they were building. Just say she has 13 years of experience. Don't even tell me she's 22. Just build on the experience. Just a mixed message here. Sort of equating, she's young, but she has experience. Which is it? You can't have it both ways. There was a commercial right away. And this match just felt like a worse version of Nia Jax and Kari Sane. And I hate to break it down that way, but that's really how it played. And the problem with this is Nyla Rose is a damn fine wrestler. She's better than Nia Jax. She's a First Nations wrestler. She's the first openly transgender woman to sign with AEW. And she was the heel. She should have been the face. She should have been a trailblazer. She should have been uh, railing against stereotypes. And she should have been telling us why... This would have meant so much for her and why it would be so important. But no, she's just a big heel. And this is where AEW has a chance to be better than WWE. And they're not taking the high road. They're just going by the defaults. Anyways, Baker's awful at commentary. She clearly either never practiced or didn't care. She made a couple jokes about being in medical school for eight years. And ha ha ha, it might take me eight years to put a title in front of Dr. That wasn't a bad joke. I, but by the end of this, I think if Britt Breaker offered me dinner, I would say no. Because she had no personality. All she did was agree with the commentators. And at some at one point, I forgot she was on commentary. She is the most non-existent wrestler in a commentary role that I can recall. She was that bad. Anyways, as for the match... Nyla was accumulating shares, and it was weird because the commentators were sort of saying, well, if you get disqualified, you can't be the first women's champion. Well, duh. So why Nyla would do this, I have no idea, except to set herself up to senton onto a pile of chairs and lose the match, which was the dumbest spot possible. I just, I don't even know. Then after the match, Michael Nagasawa, and I didn't recognize him at first, so I couldn't tell. Was this Rio's translator? Was this her brother? Was this her manager? No, they said after he was attacked by Nyla Rose who he was. Graphics would have been nice. Some lower thirds, guys. You ever watch television? Jesus. 
Uh, Nagasaki was uh, powerbombed by Nyla Rose. She, this was the second powerbomb she botched, hence the Nia Jack comparison. Although, some more botching that I remember from Nia, Nia Jackson one night, although she didn't injure anyone as far as I could tell. Kenny Omega made the save, because it's not like he's in the main event. He can come out and save Riho. Where's the rest of this roster? Uh, and clearly nobody else cared. Uh, better yet, why was this Kenny Omega? Why didn't Britt Baker make the save? Why didn't one of the other women in this apparently great division make the save? I don't know. And also, by the way, the belt looked terrible, this women's belt. Um, really meant nothing. It looked like a toy. You know, and the finish to this match, I just didn't care by the time it happened. Finally, the main event, and I use that term very lightly when it comes to AEW, was being the, being the elite, the Young Bucks, they came out, Omega came out, their entrance was annoying, like, I get it, if you love these guys, fine, but that's just their lame YouTube in entrance, and there was confetti for their entrance, very cheesy, uh, and they made a big deal about how this match will be all the TV time remaining, which is basically the same amount of time anyways, and you would think, okay, well, there's not going to be a commercial, commercial break. What the F, guys? Don't tell me TV time remaining. By the way, we'll be right back. What? We then got Ortiz and Santana coming out. They just reminded me of a crappier version of the Usos. I know they're not from the same part of the world, but they were just diverse, uh, great athletes, but they didn't have anything special. They just kind of came out like gangsters, and gangster is not enough character development for me. Uh, like... You know, these guys were supposed to be surprise partners. Obviously, that came out. They're disappointing surprise partners. And they're wrestling most of this match for Jericho, who's the apparent champion. And we, we don't really know much about these guys. I don't. Dean Ambrose eventually showed up. Draw drew Kenny Omega away. Thank God. This was about the best thing that happened. Uh, and by Dean Ambrose, I mean John Moxley. I'm doing that on purpose. Uh, he attacks Kenny Omega. This wasn't a DQ. I don't know why. They haven't made their mind up what the rules are for this. They fought to the VIP area, which looks pretty nice, actually. That was pretty cool. And Ambrose did a DDT onto a glass table. And as I started to ask myself, was this too hardcore? Or was this good? Is this going to influence some children, a uh, child badly to do this? Have we gone too far? Commercial break. What, what happened to TV time remaining? That's garbage. And... I, 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 now I'm not even going to contemplate whether I like this because I, now I'm having to skip the commercials and I can't even soak in what just happened. I can watch the stupid replay when I come back and now you've got your graphics working, but come on. So you would think that would be it, but no, for about 10 more minutes, this two on three match went on. I don't know why Jericho didn't even seem like he wanted to be in the match. Eventually, they tagged him in. Eventually, it ended up being three-on-one. And, and again, the, these guys, Ortiz and Santana, who look great in this match, aren't in the tag team tournament, which hasn't started. And there's a bye in the first round for a team for, I don't know what reason, because they made this stupid graphic, which is a mess and hard to read anyways. Give me a break. So, this match ends. Obviously, the team with more people wins. I don't know why we needed 10 minutes in a main event to watch the Young Bucks get beat by LAX, who aren't even called LAX anymore, and are a disappointing team to be with Jericho. And yeah, Jericho helped, but he was barely, as I said, in this match. After we were done, they continued to attack. Cody Rhodes tried to make the save. Uh, Sammy came out. He attacked Cody. Dustin Rhodes uh, came out and made the save. 
And the big surprise was Jack Swagger. Oh, I mean Hager, because CM Punk didn't want to do this. Came out. And the fans tried. They really pretended to be surprised. But this was not a surprise. And if you don't know Swagger, he's one of, you know, he's like a Damian Sandow. A guy who, ha you know, won a Money in the Bank briefcase. In this case, he actually won a World Heavyweight title. But never really was a big star in WWE like Ambrose was, was like Jericho was, like Kenny Omega you think could be. So, it was a surprise. But there was no CM Punk. Dustin got powerbombed on the ringside table. That was a cool little effect. And I also want to say that Pyro was pretty meh. So, you know, amazingly, on a night where I turn on the WWE Network, I have it paused right now, and what I get at 8 o'clock on Wednesday is a watch-along for NXT. And in Canada, I will only be able to watch one hour of NXT on Friday. And then I'll have to find the other hour on the network or something like that. Uh, and I'm left with just AEW. And it sucked. I'm going to be honest. It really sucked. I look at that card. I didn't care about Sammy Guevara. I don't care about Brandon Cutler. I definitely don't care about Chris Van Fleet. I don't care about SCU. I don't care about Hangman. I don't care about Britt Baker. I don't really care about any of the women's division because they've done nothing to build any of these characters. And I don't care about being the elite. I only care about Jericho. And it wasn't good. You have had so much time, so many events, so much experience, so much money, and you failed miserably. You failed miserably to launch this brand and I honestly can't promise anyone listening now that I'm going to sit here and watch the show next week I'm not going to promise that I might I might do a podcast on it but I don't think I need to because this is not going to change next week I'm not going to care about Sammy Guevara I don't think I'm ever going to care about Brandon Cutler oh I grew up with the Young Bucks and then I decided to have a family so I went away and now I'm back and I'm a good, it doesn't matter if you're a good guy and you came back because all anybody wants to talk about is MJF. Oh, and guess what? He's an overhyped EC3 ripoff. So what do I care? You know, and I think this speaks to a larger problem in society where, you know, probably everybody listening to this is a wrestling fan or, or my mom. And we are in a cove. And obviously there are people who I know who are just listening to this because they like me. And thank you. But... We're probably all hardcore fans, and we love wrestling. And I think we all want AEW to succeed. But I'm sorry. With the number of commercial breaks, with the crappy production, with the crappy commentary, uh, with, with the roster that I just don't care about, with the poor booking, my life's too short to wait for them to figure this out. And I'm only 31, mind you. But time is money. This was a massive disappointment. And to be perfectly honest... I think everybody knows I'm a WWE guy first. I went to SummerSlam. I have very, I'm in a very good stance with the WWE. I've interviewed more than a dozen other superstars. And I've interviewed some AEW people too. And I really wish the best for everyone. But this was their chance, especially in Canada, when they were on TSN and the NXT thing is divvied up on two channels on a Friday night. This was their chance. And they blew it. 
and they don't deserve another chance. I wish everyone who loves AEW the best. I hope it goes great, but I don't care. And I don't think that's ever going to change for me. Um, I'd love to hear from all of you. you can comment on rustinedge.com. You can tweet me at v 87 on Twitter. I, I just, you know, if you care about Sammy Guevara, if, I can't even pronounce the guy's damn name correctly. You know, if you like Tony Schiavone comparing this to WCW half a dozen times in two hours, all the more power to you. Like, it's nice to hear JR, but unfortunately he's at a point in his career where he doesn't know if something happened during the commercial break or before the commercial break. He doesn't know when to stop talking or when to talk. JR should just be retired somewhere and just be chilling. And it's sort of a shame that they didn't take this product and push it younger in terms of the commentary, in terms of the superstars, in terms of the style. And they didn't really make a product that worked for a casual fan. And I'm not even a casual fan. I'm a hardcore WWE fan. I went to NXT. I went to SummerSlam this year when they were in town. I watch everything from 205 Live to Main Event to NXT UK to Raw to SmackDown to NXT. I'm watching well over 10 hours of WWE a week. And I don't care about this product. You know, all I see is a bunch of guys I don't know, a bunch of being elite elitists who have the inside track on this company and are, you know, I give them credit for not booking themselves as the victorious heroes on the first night, but it just feels like a boys club I'm not part of and you're, let's be honest, you're not part of it either. It doesn't work for me. And again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're successful because I like the pressure they put on WWE. I would love to interview anybody from AEW. So tweet at them. I'd love to talk to any of them. And I have talked to Alicia Atute. I've talked to Diamond Dallas Page. I've talked to Billy Gunn. I've talked to Tully Blanchard. I've talked to a lot of these guys. And it raises the question, where was Tully? Where was Sean Spears? Why did they only use Mox, Moxley in a cameo? Why didn't they do more with Hager? Why couldn't they get somebody else to join the roster for this big reveal? I, I just... You know, do you have to have Jericho as part of three segments? Why not cast him as the face? And I go back to Nyla Rose. Why not cast her as a face? Why not put out something that's easier to follow, more accessible, and more counterculture than WWE? Oh, Moxley broke Omega through a glass table instead of a, a wood table. Wow. I never would have thought of that. How different and edgy. Oh, it's 14 plus and not PG-13. Oh my God. What a difference. Not really. You know, it really felt like it was too similar. Too many. And, and again, first night, don't put private party out there. Put them up next week when, when the Street Profits aren't in action. I, you know, maybe MJF should have a more unique gimmick than just EC3 too. You know, maybe he should have better chirps than all the stuff we heard about the ugly fans and the ugly wrestler. And, you know, if he should be, he could be just a guy from the crowd. Uh, nothing I've never heard before. So anyways, I'm going to stop. because I'm setting a record for time on this podcast because this is the angriest I've been in a wrestling product for a long time. And you guys know this. 
AW promised a lot. They promised to be on free TV in the UK. They lied. They promised to provide a great product. They lied. They promised to provide something that would be more edgy, and I don't think they really did. It's the difference between Family Guy and The Simpsons. That's the difference. It's not the difference between Deadpool and Spider-Man. And that's, and that's only because Spider-Man just popped up on my TV and my screensaver. That's what it should be. They should have gone for a rated R. You know, well, maybe not rated R. But you see what I'm saying. They should have pushed it. And they should have made it unique. And it's not. You can always tweet me at Bilalv87 on Twitter. I'll be back Friday for SmackDown. I'm fairly certain I'll be here Sunday for Hell in a Cell. Back for Monday Night Raw. I have a feeling you're not going to hear from me next Wednesday. Because I put in triple time on this podcast. But I'll definitely be back for SmackDown. Obviously the draft is next week. And probably some of the people who aren't drafted are going to be more significant than a lot of the people I just talked about now. Um, For those of you who are pumped about AEW, awesome. I'm happy for you. It's not for me. I don't think I'm really going to talk about it much more. I think I'll leave it there. Once again, at BilalV87 on Twitter. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.